Hideo Kojima has been a standard bearer for the very best that the gaming medium has to offer, and has inspired many into creating a mature art form. That guy, like, he's, he's such a genius, and uh, I'm just doing whatever he says, you know, and he's like, we're gonna make people cry. I'm like, for a video game? And he's like, yep. What the cause Kojima is the, the master, he's the Kasparov of, of, uh, of video games. And then he goes, he goes, and I go, playing me? And he goes, no, they'll be you. It's not, obviously, it's not story-driven in the sense that we go from A to Z, like we do in a film. It is out of time, out of space. It is in the moment. So I think the opportunity of, of doing things we've never done before could be very interesting. He is to gaming in many ways uh, what Cameron or Spielberg are to filmmaking. His absolute passion for perfection and his narrative ambition and scope. There is nothing in his stories that he does not love and feel strongly about. You can see strands of action, strands of manga, anime, tokusatsu, epics, and existential philosophy. He believes, as I do, that we must cherish this medium, not only for the entertainment possibilities, but for its artistic ones. We both believe that these things, these strands of pop culture, are actually keys to the mythology of our century. He proves that an altruistic boy's ambition can sing loud and clear above the din of sameness, and that an individual with conviction and faith can manage anything through hard work. It is my great pleasure to introduce a creator, an innovator, and an awesome dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Hideo Kojima! Hello, everyone. I'm back. Good day everyone. Today we have some exciting news. Um, this episode uh, will feature two regular hosts. Um, I am Daniele and I'm joined by Mitchell. Hey, what's up everyone? <laughs> um, Albert is um, away right now, is in Japan. So um, it's going to be me and Adi hosting most of them. Our mission is to showcase and celebrate just how culturally and philosophically enriching Mr. Kojima's work truly is, leading up and following the Death Stranding's eventual release. So with that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. So, Mitchell, um, yes. how was your week? Ah, <laughs> uh, I have to think about it now. Um, met some new friends, did some D&D, watched about two movies uh, wow. in theaters, and uh, yeah, I saw Quiet Place and Deadpool 2. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that too. Deadpool 2 or Quiet Place? Um, Deadpool 2. Mm. Like it? Yeah, I think um, I didn't like I didn't really like the first one, so I found this one was um, a lot better. Um, yeah. I think the story was uh, way more solid. Yeah, and the characters were more believable, and all that stuff. Yeah, I can agree with the plots better, but the first about thirty to forty-five minutes are kind of slow, and mm. it's kind of like. I'm watching Deadpool, and then once Cable shows up, I think it gets a lot better. So I don't think it's better than the first one. I think the first one had a lot more... The jokes 
I laughed at almost all the jokes in the first one. Well, in this one, I laughed about maybe 40%. So I don't know if I'm just older now and I don't have the same sense of now. <laughs> like, same like, haha, look, it's naked and penis kind of <laughs> jokes. So I don't know if it's just that or, or you know, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. Um, um, I've been working a lot, so I didn't have a lot of time to play video games. But um, yeah, I managed to see Deadpool. I managed to hang out with some friends. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, we got some exciting news. Now we got um, we got Kojima working on the trailer. Mm. And uh, yeah, so. I think we could move on to the news right away since it's just the two of us <laughs> who could this manage to be, be here. 30 minutes long. This, this podcast <laughs> will be 30 minutes long. I'm going to, I'm actually sponsoring this podcast. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, gosh, I have to turn off my phone. Getting buzzed. So, yeah, uh, let's, let's just jump right into it. So, as if yes. any of you guys follow uh, Kojima's Twitter, you may have seen. He's been tweeting some pretty interesting photos recently. So he's been tweeting a lot about the trailer that he's been working on, and he's been teasing it a lot. It's just like taking pictures of his desktop and it's like, you know, edit five or whatever. And it's really interesting and it's been very exciting uh, these last few days, trying to decipher what he means and timestamps and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He said he has... um. Um, I mean, I don't know if he meant, but with the with this new company or with this new game. But he said he has uh, now the time to uh, take it, take his time to edit the trailers. He doesn't have any hurry, and he's glad for it. Uh, he's glad about it. And um, yeah, what's interesting is um, he started talking about his, um, he started posting about this trailer after um, Sony announced um, they would feature Death Stranding at the E3. Because otherwise, maybe he wouldn't have told us anything at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my impression, at least. So, yeah. Mm. You want information before he said anything? <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so really but, weird, <laughs> yeah. but so exciting. Yeah. What? So what I've noticed. So he he posted this one. I'll read it verbatim. Due to technical issues, this time I'm having sunlight filter through the trees just outside of quote unquote window instead of biting and quote unquote oh, yeah. Apple to do my editing. Basically saying his Mac didn't have enough horsepower to edit in 4K for this trailer, and so he has to work on a wind like a uh, custom-built windows, which he, yeah, is, which wasn't even strong enough that he's having to edit in 2K, and so I'm like, yeah, I think he has a a Lenovo portable computer, right? On his, no, uh, no, no. He uses a Mac, and then they have the Lenovo ThinkStations as what that's what they're building on for the Death Stranding. That's the PC they use. The company uses. Oh okay, yeah. So and um, I guess I'm guessing they're using that one to edit the trailer due to some technical issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure. I mean, that's my guess. 
I mean, considering it's, that it's weird, are right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I um... What's, I think that's... The, I'll, here, I'll read what it says. It says, so on it, he has a, a premiere project. It says E3 2018 trailer edit 002... Um, 2018. So then I just said the date 2018, uh, mm. May 18th, which is probably, yeah, when he posted it. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the second version of the trailer so far as that we know. But what's yeah. got me most interested is that he has three digits instead of just two digits, you know? Mm. Will he be editing the trailer up to a hundred times? You know? <laughs> I don't Possibly. know. Hey, he said he has time. I mean, he's he's starting editing the trailer a month out, which I don't know how the Still, process works, but it looks very. I wonder. Um, now I want to hear your opinion about this. Um, do you think the new trailer will be something like the Red Band trailer from MGS Five, which also showcased some gameplay, or will it just be a normal trailer and then? They will show gameplay. If they do, of course. So I have kind of two theories. So one will be like the God of War showcase, you, you know? <clears throat> Whether like it's like story and gameplay, and we kind of get understanding of it, you know? Yeah. Or two, where they have a, like a five minute story trailer, like a 10 minute story trailer, and then 20 minutes of coaching up, having showing gameplay and explaining how it works. You know? Wow. Yeah. So those are the yeah. two uh, two things I I think could happen. I mm. feel like he, he would be more inclined to do like a like a twenty minute video of like story mm-hmm. and gameplay stuff rather than him like Hello, hello everybody this is gameplay, <laughs> you know? I feel like he wouldn't be that kind of guy from what I've seen. He, well, he wouldn't be like, going on stage like how explain how to play the game. Considering well, that I would like that. Was. I would really like that. Uh, I mean, um, there were some criticism at Sony's conferences in the last two years because they said um, they were just rolling trailer after trailer and it didn't feel like a conference but more like a live stream. Yeah. So um, I would like them to bring up some people on stage again like they did uh, years ago. Uh, it just sounds like they're going to be doing a, a Nintendo Direct with them. Oh yeah, we all we didn't really mention uh, beforehand that Sony uh, Sean Layden, the current uh, CEO, has announced that he um, of uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment. Basically, he said that with uh, at E3 they're doing non-traditional, and basically what they're going to be doing is that instead of having you know ten-minute like 10 10 minute trailers for a bunch of new games or older games that they've already announced you know mm-hmm. indies and stuff thrown in there and other third party games mm-hmm. this time they're focusing on four games which is yes ghost of ghost of tsushima yes the last of us part two mm-hmm. marvel's uh amazing spider-man yeah and death stranding but the yep. first thing he said death stranding of course i'm like oh okay Whoa, and and he said that they're, they'll be focusing on them only, you know, the four yeah. big ones. Which got me thinking: like, if it's an hour and a half, let's say they give them twenty-five minutes each, and then they have like a sizzle reel 
or some indie games announced in between, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm wondering, just because the conference, I don't think it might, because it was an hour last year, like an hour and a half. But that's because they just a trailer, 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 trailer with like one person on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're going to be having a kind of like a two-hour press conference, you know, and like well, they might. You know, maybe they the first two hour first hour is just two games with some indies thrown in between the two, and then like this is a real between the major ones, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the kind of what they might be doing that, or they might stick to an hour and just do fifteen minutes, 10, 15 minutes each, but ten minutes. It doesn't really feel like a, uh, you know, it doesn't really feel like a deep dive. As yeah. Said. I feel like maybe 20, 20, 30 minutes is a deep dive into it. Mm-hmm. Because the last trailer was like eight minutes long. It was just one scene, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that it's about 20 to 30 minute long showcase for each uh, game, which would be very interesting. But I also have another photo here. Which seems to be, I, I can't tell at the time, but according to Kofi Bonson, or as we call him, Philip, uh, <laughs> he uh, pointed out with a picture that Kojima tweeted that there are si- uh, 60 frame increments instead of 30 frame increments. That's what he told really? me. That's what he said. Let me see if I can find it. Um but which is very interesting because that means that yeah it is let's trailer being 60 frames per second at 4k i mean if it can if he can pull that off on the ps4 pro that would be insane with an um, open world game by the way and uh with the decim engine yeah i mean let me see uh Well, that would be well, that would be interesting. Here, I, I found it. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, never mind. I didn't find it. Okay, it's okay. But still, well, um, might be the PS4 Pro version, but still, doing that Here. it would be. He said, wow. looking at the progress bar of the game, or at least the trailer itself, turns to sixty frames per second. What a scoop! That's what he said. That's not confirmed. <laughs> Everyone, that's just a rumor. So, uh, yeah, here you heard the scoop here first. That might not but still, be yeah, um, it's it is quite believable actually because uh, Kojima wanted to pull the 60 FPS on MGS5 as well. Yeah, and which he did. Uh, yeah, but this is a different engine that he didn't create. But you, he said that they're doing heavy modifications to the engine. Mm-hmm. How they do cutscenes completely differently than them. So it's really sure. far off, you know, because as an engine evolves over each game, it gets better usually, right? It evolves. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Sony, they created the new engine. Uh, not Sony, Naughty Dog created a new engine for this generation, like they did last generation. That's why, mm-hmm. we got, that's why Uncharted 4 took forever to make. And then we got Lost Legacy within like half a year of that. Within a year of Lost Legacy coming out, like a year and a mm-hmm. half, we got a new, an entire new game that was like eight hours long for like thirty bucks. And then, uh, and then we have what's it called coming out also, uh, The Last of Us Part Two on the same engine. So I mean, 
and you saw the last of us 2 you compare the last of us 2 trailers to uncharted 4 it looks much better so which has me wondering since this is the next game from the decima engine do you think it could be better than you know uh horizon zero dawn was running at because horizon zero dawn was running at was that a on the ps4 pro you can either have a solid frame rate at 1080p which the frame mm. rate was already pretty solid which most people just checked the uh normal frame rate of 30 frames with a checkerboarded 4k which still yeah. looked amazing uh with it and the last even though it was checkerboarded it looked amazing mm. which i well, believe he's I gotta say, the 30 FPS of um, Horizon Zero Dawn were rock solid. They never dropped. Um, I saw some dips every here and there, like a 50 dinosaurs or robo dinosaurs are chasing you. Oh, then, really? You know. mm. Yeah, I mean, like if you like turn really fast and like there's a bunch of explosions or something, you know, just tax it on the hardware like any other game. Do you play on a PS4 Pro? I play on a pro though. Okay. Uh, I played it. I played it on my original, and I had that problem a lot. And I mm. don't have a 4K TV, but I do have a pro, so I just chose the 30 frame mm. solid, you know, because I can't upscale to 4K because I don't have one. And it ran pretty well for all those things that I did run into issues on the base PS4 were kind of gone mm. in the pro, you know, which is which. I mean the. The base version is still amazing. I still think it's one of the best-looking games, especially yes. for an open world. I still think Uncharted 4 looks better, like it's the best-looking game. Yeah, but of course. that's not hard to do because they, they're very tight. You can't really explore. I mean, mm. there was Lost Legacy, which added some more stuff into it, but, you know, that was just a whole other thing. You know, that that's just a separate game. But yeah. it wasn't fully open world. It just had some open world elements in it. But I'm excited for Death Stranding and seeing how they'll use the engine. Yeah. You know, if Kojima can really hone in on the engine and create and like kind of revamp it to what he needs. And if he's doing in-game cutscenes, which I'm not sure, did, did uh, Horizon Zero Dawn do in-game cutscenes? Yeah, yes, but... Um... But I know their dialogue cutscenes were... Yeah, they weren't, like, I think it was, everything was in-game, but the cutscenes were never too complicated. Yeah. I mean, animation-wise. Yeah, well, I don't think they had any, they didn't, I think everything was, was it hand-animated? It wasn't motion capture or performance capture? Yeah, yeah. So, then that's why, well, because it's an RPG, it's a huge open-world RPG, what you have to expect for that, you know, they have very stiff animations because they use um, a process. I forgot the name of the process. Basically, programmers, it will hear the speech and then try to interpret the speech into animations that animators are pre-made. Which I'm, mm -hmm. which I'm interested if, I wonder what kind of open world game Death Stranding will be. Because if they're doing, like, performance capture, which is mostly exclusive to, uh games that aren't open world you know mm. that aren't you know they don't have this kind of uh you know they're just single player and they want experience with what's it called it uh with Metal Gear Solid 5 it's very specific characters and specific cutscenes that had the 
facial expressions, you know, with hmm. uh, performance capture. So, will they do the same with Death Stranding? Will he do the same? Mm. Well, I hope performance capture is for uh, um, every major, major character. Um, I, didn't I hope well. they do a lot of it because uh, Kojima hasn't been filming a lot so far, right? I think they probably filmed about maybe close to a hundred hours of just raw footage. A hundred hours? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, they've been doing it since what? Mm, around like, mm, I don't know, sometime in uh, like 2016, about mid 2016. Yeah. But, so, um, I mean, they're probably not, they probably weren't as intense now as they were then. They're probably more intense now than they were then. Mm. Well, let's just say right after the Game Awards trailer, they got, they heard, oh no, we can't do it. So then they stopped. So they say they got about 30, 48 hours in. <laughs> and then you'll see, you know, then they stopped and then they finally started. He says they started doing performance capture back in October of last year. Mm, yeah. And we didn't see anything about that. So there's nothing to say that there isn't more footage that we just haven't seen them mm. film yet, you know? Consider that yeah. they were back in October and he didn't, he wasn't like, hey guys, look at Matt Mickelson or whoever. So it might be characters he hasn't announced yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he did what? About a week in February and then a week in March? You know, mm-hmm. a week in, in uh, April. And a week, if they filmed about six hours a day for two weeks then, you know, hmm. that's, that's pretty high. Like, I feel like they could have close to 100 hours of cutscenes. Like, not cutscenes, but just performance in general because just raw footage that does, that also accounts for retakes and bad shots or hmm. technical issues. Uh, just mm-hmm. raw footage. I think it's probably close to 100 hours. I think probably in a bit about 60 hours of cutscenes in the game. Yeah. If we can compare it to... Uh, what's I it hope so. <laughs> but I hope they're not like... I hope they're longer cutscenes. Not like no. Metal Gear Solid 4 where it's like... No, but something like um, many cutscenes, but not that long, you know? Yeah, but that's what that's what, that's what What's It Called had, but that's what uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 had, and it kind of broke up the story and the pacing was mm. all over the place. Like I said, like twenty well, somewhere, somewhere in the middle uh, between Metal Gear Solid Five and Metal Gear Solid Four would be the sweet spot for me because is that just Metal Gear Solid Three? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I don't know. I feel like the problem with open world world games is that you can't really tell a good story in them. Mm. You know what I mean? Because the problem is, is with an open world game, is that when you begin. Seven, like, oh no, the, the, whatever, the, the, the invisible creatures are gonna get you. You better get here, and then you just, say like, ah, no, and then you just leave and go do a side quest of helping someone find all the babies on the beach, you know, or something stupid like that. You're like, go find all the crabs. And you go find all Save the, the whales. Save the whales. Got you know, figure out a way to unbeach a whale. You know, do do twenty hours of side quest and finish the story, and then like it doesn't have the same impact as a as a game that's <laughs> that's linear. 
Yeah. Like all the previous Metal Gears were. And it's hard to compare Metal Gear to Death Stranding because I feel like they're going to be very different. <sighs> Not only story, but I feel like they're going to have some different gameplay stuff. Mm. They can, you know, like, I feel like it's going to have the similar controls as we got in Metal Gear Solid 5, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's like very smooth, very. Uh, yeah, that was the. Control. I think that was the best part of MGS5. The, well, the gameplay, gameplay was, was so was, fun. The only problem was is that you focus too much on your silencer. Because I feel like if he didn't include a silencer mm. at all, it would have been better, but I don't know. Stealth can only be in one... When a stealth game, you can only go one way to do it, which is take out enemies silently. But I like how he allowed you... He didn't punish you if you wanted to play as a maniac and like call in a helicopter and blow up everything. Mm -hmm. Only some missions had that, which were not good missions. Because they were reruns of older missions. Well, as I was leading into, to thank our sponsor today. Hello there. Have you ever announced a game, but you just wanted to trick everyone? Well, that's what a lot of people believe. Hi, I'm Mitchell Virgil from Interactive Artistry. I'm here to tell you about a revolutionary product that we are sponsored by, which is deathstranding.conspiracytheories.wordpress.org. <laughs> We we have all kinds of conspiracy theories. We got one connecting it to PT, connecting it to Metal Gear Solid, connecting it to PT and Metal Gear Solid, connecting it to Zone of Enders, connecting it to Police Knots. See? <laughs> Pick up your conspiracy theory today. Call 1 800 uh, <laughs> Death Stranding. That's 1 800 Death Stranding. Get your free shipping on your next conspiracy theories. And go to www.conspiracy.theory.e3.deathstranding.wordpress.org forward slash interactive artistry for your promo code for 10% off next purchase and free shipping. <laughs> okay. All right. Open up a new Mountain Dew because I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Nope. This episode is sponsored by Mountain Lightning. Oh, okay. We're talking about gameplay. Yeah, we uh, just finished um, talking about MGS5 gameplay, I think. Which is something we can lead into right now. So. Okay. Okay. Are I'll, you coming I'll, to Gamescom, by the way? I'll, Ooh, you just you just became a robot. What'd you say? No, no chance. What? I'm sorry. You... Okay. You hear, me? you hear me now? Yeah, you just became a robot for a second. You're like, yeah. The connection is a bit crappy here, but luckily we are recording our own audio. <laughs> My connection here is crappy too, but you know, you know how it is. Um, what do you say? Am I going to Gamescom? Yeah, maybe if you. If you can. Uh, I mean, uh, it would be quite expensive to fly out of country. I'd have to get a passport, fly out of country, and then. Oh, you don't have one? Okay. I don't have a passport. I didn't even have. I didn't even have my ID until E3 came up. Hmm. Here, let me go wow. to the. I want to lead up to this here. So, uh, here I'm just pretend like after that, 
Well, thanks to hear from our amazing sponsor this week. So as we were saying, as we were saying uh, about Metal Gear Solid 5's gameplay, uh, mess with 548 on Reddit asks, what are some potential bad design choices or mistakes you would uh, or mistakes that you do not want to see in the game? Mine, for example, would be having a large but empty sandbox maps for levels. Mm. Or not utilizing Mads or Norman enough in cutscenes or in-game dialogue. In, uh, mm. Much like Kiefer Sutherland didn't have much dialogue as he could have in Metal Gear Solid 5. Hugs and kisses, heart. Well, I agree with him. I agree with him. I mean, uh, as I said, MGS5 was a very, very funny game to play. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, mind-blowing. The gameplay was almost perfect, but it did feel empty. Um, I know that was Afghanistan, that was uh, a desert, and that's why there weren't many people around. That's normal. But... um, and uh, maybe that was the emotion Kojima wanted to convey, but uh, yeah, I really hope it doesn't do that again. <laughs> I think it's just the world design that they have. I'm sorry? Like, I think it's just the world design that and how he structured levels. Mm. Because instead of living in the world, you were attained at Mother Base. And so, mm. instead of, you know, building, you know, like, Getting familiar with the world and exploring it, like like uh, Breath of the Wild, for example, where you mm. would just explore the world and you would just wherever you left off, you would just jump right back in. But with Metal Gear Solid Five, you got mm. in a helicopter, you went back to base, you did all your stuff there, and then you would just go back and you would do the mission. You wouldn't explore the map; you would just fly to the area, do the mission. Mm. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing, but I feel like if here's an example, instead of having Mother Base off on the side make it make the game take place on the coast and that's where your mother base is you know mm. and then you have it built into the land or out into the ocean and you just have it there and then you head up into the map and then you can just you know do each mission and then you have a mission and you go to it and then maybe you have you know civilians that need help or whatever and you can choose to help them or not so that's what the game was lacking in the, it was the first open world that Kojima's worked on. And while most companies have had years upon years of mm-hmm. uh, trial and error to create the these, you know, these perfect open worlds, or not even perfect, just decent open world, this was his first attempt. And so mistakes were bound to be made, just like with the first Mario, you know, mistakes mm-hmm. were bound to be made. The first of any genre, or first in any leap from one developer, to a, a, an unfamiliar genre can be difficult. And so I'm hoping he's learned his lesson from this one and then has helped from Gorilla because Gorilla had the jump between uh, linear story-based shooters to open-world action games about, mm. you know, shooting arrows and fighting with your staff. So yeah. I feel like with a lot of help, outside help because before it was just uh kojima and his team this time mm-hmm. he has help from all of sony he has help from uh gorilla games they're working together on this game they're, they're not co-developing it but Gorilla games is having support on helping them understand the engine and 
I f they may um because there is Kojima Productions uh um Amsterdam, which works directly with uh Grilla Games on helping <laughs> with develop the engine, and so I think potential bad choice that uh, game game choices is that too much focus on non-combat without an intriguing alternative to combat, you know? Hmm. So if we're going to remove removing the stick and having the rope, the rope needs to be interesting enough that where I would, I would enjoy choosing that even if I didn't have the stick function, you know? You know? Yeah. Because Zelda, I think that's just a great example of a modern uh, open-world game that does open-world right. Instead of, instead of being a checklist of things to do, it was more of a explore the world, you know? Mm. Go here, yeah. go wherever you want. You see that mountain? Go climb it. And they actually let you climb it. Unlike certain developers that tell you you can climb mountains that you can't climb. Uh, in this game, you can, in Zelda, you could go anywhere. You didn't have any place to go. The only requirement is that they actually had a beat Ganon, which can do right after you beat the tutorial level. Mm. And you can go to as many shrines as you want. You can be as dungeons in any order. You don't have to do them at all. You can do two of them and go to finish the boss. Do whatever you want in the game. And that was the, mm -hmm. the beauty of it. It just let you be free in the wild. It threw you out in the wild and just said, explore. With Metal Gear Solid 5, it was much... It was not much like that. It was very much, you fly here, you pick the landing location, you go there, you do the mission, you come back home. Mm. You know? And that was, you know, it's fun. It was fun, but there's, you didn't live in the world. The world wasn't lived in, you know? It was yeah. there. Because if you didn't have access to the other part of the map and you just flew there, the game would be no different. So like yeah. you, go to, you couldn't go to each mission from each one, you would have to go back to base and talk to someone and see a cutscene and then go back. Which I mean, you could have game. just, um, they could have just done some open levels more than like an open world. No, they had open levels. The problem is, is the levels weren't connected. Yeah. The world wasn't connected, it was just kind of different kinds of small maps put together into a large map. Mm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm afraid with the same thing. That's the, I think that's one of the biggest problems with game design choices with Metal Gear Solid 5 is the world was so empty and boring and it's probably the worst open world game I've played. Mm. You know? Uh, I feel like an open world setting, I think that's why Ground Zeroes has much better gameplay than 5. Even though it's the same gameplay, like you control the same. I think the level mm. design was a lot better because it was like one of those maps, but you got to land in one location, but then you have to branch out and figure out your way to get into the same area, which, mm. which has multiple paths, multiple places to exit, and you can make your exit however you wanted. You know? I feel like hmm. that, but the entire map is like that, you know? Yeah. And the, and the question is, is there going to be multiple maps or one map? <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, well, I don't know, because... um. <sighs> Kojima said it's an open world game, but uh, from the trailers and from the things uh, we've seen about the game, the few things we've seen, um, it didn't feel like the kind of game that would be an open world. 
I don't know if you understand. But... Yeah, I can understand. Um, information to like understand how. Yeah, I mean, it would work in an open world. I, I, I don't. Um, I don't. I can't. I can't imagine the the open world the mess of this game uh, at this point. That's why we need to see gameplay. We need to um, see firsthand. We need to understand how open world will be like. But yeah, I think it will go for a. I think different, not not one huge map, but many middle-sized maps. Um, because um, there might be the possibility that it will be uh, it will take place in multiple universes, so you have uh, many places to travel to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you recall. Uh, have you played Final Fantasy Thirteen too? Um, I think I played Final Fantasy 13, just the 13 one. I played about a okay the way through. So the second, um, the second installment in that um, in Final Fantasy 13 was um, I had this uh, timeline and uh, multiverse uh, aspect to it, mm-hmm. and you were able to travel from one uh, timeline to the other and stuff like that. Um, a really good game, by the way, but um, and they were like they were levels, but you could travel from one to the other at all time at a certain point of a game. Mm-hmm. So I would say um, that stranding will work kind of like the same, um, just not just levels. There will be like small maps, uh, like middle-sized maps, mm, like with um, I don't know. Each one will be like a quarter of um, MGS5 map. Uh, yeah, I think mean like maybe like uh, yeah, like a quarter of the size of Afghanistan. Yeah, would be good because Afghanistan yeah. they had a lot of stuff. But I feel like if they made it about the quarter of the size it was, mm. and all that stuff was really condensed, it would make the world feel bigger. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that is why, and that is why I think um, this is the way Kojima is going because we have to. I mean, based based on the rumors we've heard and the things we figured out, it will probably feature some kind of multiverse, and um, you can't have like twenty huge maps <laughs> on one game. So uh, they will be a smaller sized and uh, yeah, more dense, hopefully. So far, all the environments don't even look like they would be in a single-player game. They wouldn't make sense. Mm. You know? Because you see in the third trailer, it's just a big open area with nothing to do. Like, there's, like, no... Nothing interesting to look at. Maybe a crater or maybe some buildings you can see in the background. <laughs> looks a lot of like Afghanistan. <laughs> trailer 2 might be more interesting because, you know, you're in a big destroyed city. That make more and more sense for uh, gameplay. First trailer, you're just n- naked on a beach. That doesn't make any sense for gameplay. Mm. So, I think the first trailer is just. Only I, I think in the first trailer, it's not a playable area. You know, it might just be in a cutscene. Mm. You know. Yeah, but, second trailer might be uh, something like. Uh, you know what reminded me of like, for, as an area, uh, the first mission from Metal Gear Solid Four. With the bombed city 
and uh, everything was like half destroyed buildings were cr uh, falling down and uh, it gave me that same vibe so <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I imagined the mission uh, a similar mission with uh, <laughs> with that uh, with that second trailer <laughs> mm -hmm. like what if what if when you're in that area you mm. have to kind of uh you know head like into there because Guillermo's character gave away the baby to Mads mm. and basically there's a little point in the game you know in the like kind of like near the end of the middle act which like the saddest part you know there's no hope and you have to sneak into the city like this is the base this is where they all live you know this big area where mm. Mads resides Osiris resides or whatever his name is mm. and you have to sneak in to it and you you don't you have to worry about both enemy soldiers the skeletons and the creatures it's kind of like a, like a stealth only mission where you have to sneak in and get the baby back and then maybe there's a competition between the two you know mm. that oh, that's interesting yeah it does Wow. Also, um, one interesting thing is, um, will stealth play a, uh, a role in this? I feel like it would. But then again, Zone of Enders had completely different gameplay, even though it was made by Kojima. So, mm. I mean, there's no really no way to say, but I feel like it would, considering they say, like, shut up, don't even breathe, and the creatures are around them, you know? So I feel like mm. stealth will play a role, but I feel like that won't be the focus. You know? Mm. That'd be yeah. an element, you know? Like, uh... You know, like, kind of like how cover-based combat with Metal Gear Solid Five, but it wasn't the focus of the game. The focus wasn't hiding behind cover and shooting enemies, right? You could do yeah. that if you wanted to, but it wasn't the focus, you know? I feel like stealth will be an option they can choose, but it won't be the focus. The focus will be this new way to play that the game's been teasing for the past, yeah. whatever couple of uh since the game's announcement that there's a new way to play yeah so. he's really quite confident about that uh from what he said i mean he I really feels like it's the next step i mean he must must either be he's pretty confident in what it is so either a he's blind by his own work thinks it's amazing or b <laughs> uh it's actually a good innovation the thing is i don't think we've ever seen a leap in innovation you know mm. it's like always a steady progress you know probably mm. learn this mechanic and then maybe a two two three year two three years later that's incorporated with a new mechanic and we just keep building them on mm. i don't think we've ever seen like something like i think the only jump we saw was in the 2d to 3d you know playing yeah, mario well. 2d to 3d and that was the only like i feel like that's the biggest major jump in hmm. in how we play a game, you know, we have to control this three D environment instead of this two D environment. Do you feel like that hmm. that trend could have the same effect on gaming, like how you know Mario sixty four was, you know? <laughs> and if, if people try to follow suit in it, do you think that they will be able to successfully replicate this new way to play? You know, Sonic completely failed to for many many years failed to come over to 3d and 
many say that they ha still haven't made the jump over to 3D at all, you mm. know, properly, which is a hard thing to do from the kind of game that they created. And so, mm. do you feel like this game will either be a Sonic, a 3D Sonic, or a 3D Mario in the sense of its innovation? Because hmm. I hope for a Mario, but I'm afraid that it might be a Sonic. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean... Innovating is always difficult because, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you have to reinvent the wheel every time. That's what Kojima tries to do. Um, mm -hmm. And as you said, he's he's a very confident man, but um, yeah, I but think he very... might be onto something really big this time because um, he's free from NGS, and that means a lot mm -hmm. because. Yeah. Uh, we discussed this in other episodes. Uh, he's always been, uh, almost always been on Metal Gear for the last 30 years. Yeah. So, um, even though he might have had new ideas on how to play Metal Gear, he might have had tons of ideas in his head on how to play a video game. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is his chance to... Uh, prove us just how creative it is. I don't know. I feel like he was very, very confident and quiet. Remember that? He's like, oh, you guys are going to feel so bad on how you criticize her. You know? Oh, yeah. You're going to feel so bad. You know, you're going to be embarrassed. And I was like, okay. And then we played it and it's just this stupid character that has no depth to her. She's literally no depth. Her only depth is that she can have boobs on screen because she breathes through her skin because of some convenient plot. You know, convenience to the plot. Yeah. Uh, I kind of put a sour taste in my mouth of him being very confident. Yeah, you know? you're right. I, I don't yeah. want to be a fanboy because I'm like, oh, he's a genius. I'm like, yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. But the thing is, just because you're confident doesn't mean you're creating something great. I can be confident in my drawing when I'm six years old and it'll look like hot ass ten years, like a, a year or two later, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like being confident and being realistic are two different things. You, you can be confident in your work and be proud of it. But once your pride takes over the realistic nature of it, then then you have cockiness, you know? Mm. I always say take pride in your work and always always try to challenge those who, who try to put you down. But also, mm. don't be saying that your thing's the end-all be-all of storytelling or game mechanics you don't say it's gonna be a new way to play you know you know you know a new way to play is something that nintendo does you know think about nintendo yeah. and how they do like you know i always think of nintendo because i'm a big fan of theirs but i'm not i'm not a blindsided fanboy you know mm. I, I like new zelda i did not like the last three zeldas beforehand i did not like um wind waker I did not like twilight princess i did not like Discovered Sword, because they just didn't feel right. They didn't feel good. And I played them. Mm. And I criticized them for that. All the 2D Marios since Mario 3 and Mario World are bad. They're just not good. You know? And I feel mm. like it's fair to criticize a developer for their mistakes, because if you just praise them for everything, they're never going to learn. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with the Nintendo. They made the Wii U because why would they need to make, make a new innovation? People already love them. 
that flopped. All the games on it basically flopped because the game console didn't sell well. And then basically they go back to the drawing table and say, we need to innovate again. We need to gain the consumer's trust. I feel like Kojima kind of has to do that with... Are you serious? Yeah, my audio stopped. Oh, well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I agree with uh, with everything you said. Uh, I mean, literally. You're right. Uh, and uh, yeah, you reminded me of that quiet uh, <laughs> story. I remember that, and uh, I was disappointed as well because I, <laughs> when I read, he said uh, we'd be embarrassed. I thought, uh, wow, it's gonna pull something really big off, and. Uh, we're gonna be blown away, but what the revelation is about Quiet. Yeah. And yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, he... It was a convenient um, plot point, but yeah. Yeah, but like, did she have to be in a bikini? Couldn't she be like in a crop top and like shorts? Yeah. Or like, you know, clothes that are kind of like, you know, Kind of a breathing material, like, you, but like a like a, like a light sweater, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I worked so hard in the game to just get that outfit of her from her XOF outfit. She looks mm. so badass in that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm trying to play the game. I'm like I'm just getting like boobs like slapped in my face. Like I don't care. <laughs> like why did you why like I don't care. Like do you want what do you want me to do like. I can go to YouTube. I can I mean not YouTube. I can go to Google to boobs, you know? <laughs> this isn't adding to the game. This isn't, you know the boss when she unzipped her, her suit and you know revealed that little bit of her chest. Um it showed the the scar from her C section from in the war when she had Adam, you know, Ocelot. Spoiler alert, sorry. You know, uh-huh. that had purpose in it. That that had purpose in it. You know? Eve um Eva had purpose in her in her uh, cleavage, which is because she basically was sent there to basically get all the men to be like, "Ooh, look at her," and then get all the information from them, report back to mm. China, right? Mm-hmm. Quiet. Um, she breathes through her skin. <laughs> I mean, that's that's her reasoning, you know. And I'm all for uh, attractive characters, you know. Mm. I mean, like, look at look at look at Snake, you know, and his crawling, you know. We we all know the the famous scene of uh, him climbing up the hill, and then it just zooms up on his butt, you know. Mm. Uh, solid th- uh, five and four, you know, his type, his type, yeah. and that's fine, you know. But he had more depth to his character than that, and with quite as really disappointing. And I'm really hoping that with the next female protagonist, he doesn't do the same thing. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't look like, oh, she uh, has to drink through her nipples. That's why she's here. <laughs> what? Does make any sense? Uh, yeah, um, that, that's just the fact uh, of the world. All women drink through their nipples. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I feel like that it could that could happen. You know, honestly, I feel, yeah. I feel like that could happen. Well, I hope not. Um, because, um, I mean, 
it's the internet age and uh, Kojima's been on the internet as well for a while. So he must have seen the criticism surrounding MGS5. And so I don't think it's going to, maybe it's going to do some mistakes with that stranding, but it won't be the same mistakes as MGS5, I think. Yeah, well, I really hope he doesn't pull a Ryan Johnson, you know. Say, mm. Do you think any criticism was fair? And he says, no. <laughs> you know, I feel like if Kojima admitted, say it, and he said, basically, you know, it wasn't perfect. And I and I made some mistakes, and I saw, and I recognized those mistakes. And I'll work to correct those mistakes, you know. I'll mm-hmm. work to, to fix them and to, you know, create... Um, a better character, a more realistic character, and character that isn't really just there for sex appeal. Mm. You know? And I feel like if he if he if he had dignity and had respect for his games, and had respect for his audience, he would understand what it was and he would uh understand what it, what ha- what went wrong and he would move on from that and effectively you know, change how his outlook on writing new characters or making new mechanics, you know, to make mm. sure that isn't just convenient for the plot, you know, just have a, a, a cool character, you know, or a sexy design. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved Joy in Blade Runner, you know? Yeah. She had some scenes where she was in very suggestive clothing, and in one scene she does get naked however her character wasn't her character was built around the idea of oh she's just there to have to please a man you know mm. and that's kind of her her story isn't just like oh she's just there for that but her story isn't just that it's that she cared for k she even she even put herself at risk for k for Officer mm. k and she named him you know but he realizes in the end that she was merely a program meant to say those things. So even though how depth, how deep we wanted her character to be, to be those were just simply mm. program actions to make the man feel better, and the man feel like he was special. Yeah. And and it, and it had a quote on it. Basically, it was just saying how people just want to be reaffirmed that they're correct or that they're unique and that they have something more to them than just being a human passing on earth you know yeah and they and they made the character really well you know and they they it's such a unique stand like uh, idea on how to take a character make her cute and you know you know sexy but create a unique character you know that makes you attached to them as a real person but then you just kind of get crushed by the realization that they're not real mm. they're really just there to make you happy and that's the only reason why because he goes and because she calls him joe she gives him a name later on in the film he sees a giant 3d model of her uh in the in the like a a hologram in the sky for an advertisement for joyce and she says you look like a good joe you know they Mm -hmm. always call you a joe because that's just the man's name you know and so i feel like if kojima did that because i don't and that's why I didn't mind the nudity in Blade Runner because it had a purpose. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like if Death Stranding has nudity in it without purpose, 
it would be disappointing and it'd be kind of upsetting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Any we we need deep we need we need deep um, characters, that's for sure. I mean, it's 2018 and uh narratives uh narrative in films or in video games has come a long way and um people don't uh, just don't accept flat, flat characters anymore. Mm -hmm. Maybe I mean, like... 30 years ago you accepted everything. I mean, you could have a movie with uh, very stereotypical characters and people would like it. No, um, it's still the same. I feel like it's still the same. But I feel like with games, you can't have a flat character because you're not watching the character. You are the character. Mm. And it's just there's no impact in the story, you know. Mm. That's why every Call of Duty doesn't have okay. stories because they're always just a static, boring, tough military guy. While if you play in The Last of Us, you get to grow up, you you get to you know understand where Joel feels and Ellie, and you, and you have that relationship with her. Or in God of War, you are Kratos and you feel these emotions with him, and you can understand where he's coming from because you don't. You know, mm. just uh, uh, what's the term for it? Spectated. You know, you don't, uh, you don't sympathize, but you empathize with them. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or wait, maybe that's the other way around. It's to sympathize the. Um. Well, <laughs> I I don't okay. know. Um, hmm. So it's probably <laughs> one of them. One of them brings to, to feel sorry for someone and one of them is to understand how they feel so whichever one that is i can't remember but basically mm. what it is is that you know you you are the character and you're not just seeing the characters and that's why flat characters don't really work well in games is because you know that's why you always get you get you get the typical action movies you get every year which is the call of duties the battlefields the assassin's mm. creed you know where they're just pretty basic characters with anyone can kind of go into and understand. You know, like, oh, I'm looking like, I'm that character. With no real depth to them, because they're over in about 20 hours. Mm. So, I don't know. Any other thoughts on anything else? Yeah, well, uh, well, we've talked to gameplay, we've talked about story and characters. Uh, <laughs> we basically discussed everything for, like, Five more episodes. Uh, yeah, so I would say I, uh, we can we can go back. Um, well, we covered all the news, right? We covered the news, which was just mostly five okay. uh, Kojima's teasing okay. trailer about it. Um, we could um, take a look at the Twitter. Um, the responses we've got from the um, um the feedback and the questions uh for this episode um where do i go on the reddit uh the post you created yeah oh, okay that's what i was asking okay um we've already went through one of them yeah um, we already went through one of them from uh mess with for sorry five four eight mm -hmm. um the struggle with the having a 37E, um, 
I cannot wait to hear the music. Uh, we will be. Uh, I cannot wait to hear what the music will be like and whatever we see at E3. Although mm. Kojima has been has been teasing Joy Division during his editing sessions, I really hope we get to hear some more Ludwig Forsell. Ludwig Forsell's awesome work from the game's original score. Uh, from the game's original score, what do mm. you guys think the music will be like in this trailer slash gameplay footage? Also, would you prefer licensed music for the trailer, such as Joy Division and Lorar, or prefer something more synth music from Ludwig? What, what's your stance on that? Uh, well, I love uh, Ludwig Forsell's music, um, and I love this work on that training so far. Uh, we've heard him in the second and third trailer, and um, yeah, I mean, I like uh, licensed uh, trailers with licensed music, but um, I think it's very hard because uh, uh, to find music to fit that Stranding's vibe must be must not be easy for Kojima. And yeah. um, I mean, for example, I'm I'm, uh, I'm just interested. I don't know what kind of Joy Division music would kind of work well with the tone so far. You know, they have, they have a very interesting sound, but I'm not sure if that sound would fit very well with what we've seen so far. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Um, it might just be me, but I feel like they they have very good music. I really like what they do. Love will tear us apart and stuff. And stuff, you know, Disorder, She's Lost Control. And basically, I... I I I wouldn't understand how that would fit in. I think it's just that Ian Curtis is the anniversary's death, and so that's why he's been wearing those shirts. Yeah. I feel like yeah, and he does he does good. listen a lot of different music all the time. Doesn't mean that will end up in a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lower has a very very Lower sound fit Death Stranding. It kind of mm. shaped the so with music versus storytelling is very interesting. So with with stories like movies books and games the story you're conveying the story the characters you know mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to tell a story uh convey a story well with music you're conveying a feeling or a mood with it, you know mm -hmm. the lyrics don't matter unless they make you feel sad for a sad song or make you happy for a happy song they're conveying a feeling not a story and with Death Stranding's first trailer it conveyed the feeling of the world. It kind of gave us the early glimpse of it before they had a soundtrack. But with Ludwig Forsell stuff, I feel very much that, you know, he's very talented and I feel like we're just going to see just his stuff and maybe some licensed stuff, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, when uh, Kojima used We Are Not Your People mm. uh, from Garbage, you know, uh, and that was kind of used throughout this trailer, you know, but I feel like that wouldn't be the case because that was very 80s, you know, well, this one doesn't really feel like that at all. It's very futuristic. It's very serious, like much more serious than anything I think Metal Gear ever was. You know, <laughs> yeah, probably. Very serious, but I feel like there's gonna be fourth wall breaking, but not in the sense of like, like, oh, look, hey, viewer, you know, kind of feel like Deadpool kind of like. And you're sitting at home. Hope you enjoy. More of like being very uh, 
um, uh, self-aware in the sense of that it, it is a game, you know, but then like looking at the camera with a nudge and a wink, more of like kind of <laughs> subtle stuff or that. That's why I think that 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 could be with uh, yeah. the serious nature. But I feel yeah, like Logan I mean... First Hole is very much adept at creating these amazing sounds, you know? Yeah. Like my favorite from the new trailer, you know, from the newest mm-hmm. one, the third trailer, is when um, Patrick Claude goes to shoot himself and he gets picked up and goes, and it has this, it feels so familiar, but it feels off. You know, that's what makes it creepy. That's what makes things creepy is that everything's in place, but you don't know what's everything looks normal, but you don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong. You know, it's wrong, but you don't know what it is. And that's what makes it creepy. It's like seeing a dog and the dog looks normal, but you feel like there's something wrong with it and you can't tell. It makes you creepy and it creeps you out. I feel like the same things with this newest trailer, you know? Yeah. The music, the music, it's very familiar, but it's also kind of weird and you don't know how to re- re- respond to it and the human body when faces something they don't know you fear it immediately you know that's just mm. a natural instinct if you see something you never noticed you're not like oh what's this thing you're like nope and you leave this is <laughs> what our instinct is if you see something out of place that shouldn't be there I feel like the music is doing that very well you know it's giving that feeling of otherworldly kind of Something's off and something's very wrong, and I feel like he can, they can do that very well. That he can do, you know. And I feel like he's very capable yeah. of that. So yeah, I'm hoping the the new trailer will have his music, um, but it looks like it since uh, Kojima post one of the pictures Kojima posted was in Forcell's studio at mm-hmm. Kojima Productions. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you seen that tweet um, uh, Ludwig Forsell published, like, I think it was a year ago, uh, of his, in his uh, studio? Testing? Yeah, he's testing his yeah. synthesizer. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that little bit of it, it kind of reminded me of um, XL Junkie's um, uh, work from, uh, what's it called? From uh, the Blade Runner. What's the name of it? Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt it felt the same. Yeah. Very very similar sense to it, and a very very interesting in how he did it. I wonder if he was just testing, composing something real quick just to test things, or that was a piece of um the soundtrack. I don't think it was a part of the soundtrack, but he says getting acquainted. And yeah, and, it, and, it, and it most half of it is like, dun 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 Maybe the soundtrack would sound on this new synthesizer. I'm definitely not just like this is a new soundtrack from it. I feel like it's more hmm. of a, like a test track. You know, like when you do animation, you do a test animation first. You know, mm-hmm. 
to get acquainted with some new software, some test drawings, some new stuff. I feel like that was just what he was doing. And but considering how amazing it sounded just from the test, I feel like with the new one it would be uh, with a with a soundtrack. If that was just a test and that sounded that great, I can't wait to hear the rest. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, the first two trailers had the uh, really great music in in them, in them. and which is why, um, you know, I ordered the LP from that training with the two low roar songs, mm-hmm. and uh, I was so sad it didn't have a uh, like an Easter egg. No, uh, it didn't have a one. Um, I would have preferred if one of the two sides of the of the disc had uh, the Death Stranding main theme. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if one of them, like one side was the two Little Rock songs, and then one of them was just the new, the, the single of the soundtrack, you know, with all the mm-hmm. uh, gunk in it, just like a three minute song or a two minute song. That would have been pretty cool, but you just have to wait until the actual soundtrack comes out, which will be like four LPs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which I'll, I feel like this is one of those things where I'll order the soundtrack because I love I love synth, I love like dark dark wave synth, mm-hmm. uh, or is it dark synth wave, which is like a very heavy bass. It's like very like intense kind of synth music, but not EDM. EDM's upbeat. I'm talking about dark kind of gloomy, like intense kind of horror feel to it. Like mm-hmm. uh, think of it follows, you know. Mm-hmm. Your follows. Um, um mm-hmm. so it has a soundtrack by this guy named Disaster Piece, and he has this amazing. The whole soundtrack is just really amazing, you know. Mm. Uh, it's very, very unique uh, sounding soundtrack. Um, and it, and it has this kind of '80s vibe to it, but then this dark, you know, very, very um spooky tones to it. And I'm kind of hoping Death Stranding will be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to move on to the next question? Okay. Thank you for that question, uh, The Struggle. So, Debrink329 asks, Trailer 3 is a Navajo burial custom. Sam's Dreamcatcher has me researching about the Native American influences on this training, and I found some incredible similarities, and I I have listed them below along with the sources. Fear the deceased would come visit the living as evil spirits. The sinking water test. The dying person brought a small Hogan, uh, uh, brought a small Hogan hut to die. We see a hut in the background. Deceased, deceased person is carefully wrapped. Face was painted with in, uh, in a mask. Four men tasked with hand, handling burials. A uh, burial is, is, uh, is in a secluded place. Warner smear black tar under their eyes, covered their footprints, and crying emotional grief can interpret uh, can interpret the spirit's journey. Dreamcatcher's protecting from evil spirits, and he links to these four different um, things about Native American burials. Mm-hmm. And um, I read a little bit of them, and it's quite interesting. And I mm-hmm. feel like um, if Deep Brink 329 expands his theory... And writes a whole kind of uh, maybe a couple paragraphs on his comparisons without just a list, just the whole comparisons in like a kind of essay style. Um, mm. I feel like he could do 
uh, be very interesting to uh, a very interesting read. We don't have enough time to discuss it on the podcast today. Maybe next week we can discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole kind of spiel on the Native American, the Navajo uh, Americans, who uh, you know they may have a high influence on this. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to read up on it. So, yeah. And uh, the last comment we have is from uh, not Albert uh, Kessa. <laughs> um, it says, uh, <sighs> "Oh my God!" Uh, it says, "Um, excuse me, but while Albert is away busy in Japan interviewing the mysterious actor, I'd like to ask, what are your personal goals for where you want Death Stranding podcast?" Uh, oh, well, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. You have to fake an Australian accent for this. Oh. <clears throat> um, excuse me. But while Alan's away and busy in Japan, envying mysterious actor, I'd like to ask you, which person will go with this and Pocky's head? I'm sure you appreciate knowing that. Also, what do you think of Kojima taking all the screenshots of the fire icon in his trailer? Just on a mount away from me three, you know? And the whole lights on approach this year by Sean Lydon. Uh, up and saying Death Stranding will receive a showcase. That's mysterious. More info. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Take care. <laughs> Dollar it is. That's a really crappy Australian accent. But I'm white. I was a ride, mate. <laughs> so I said our plan is to burn down the studio and take all the money. Mm. No, but on a serious note, where do you want to see the podcast head? Hmm. Well, um, I always discuss with Albert. Um, the goal with um, interactive artistry would be to um, actually be independent and uh, maybe set up a studio and um, somewhere in the world because we live so far away from each other. So I don't know where where the studio would be. Probably I, not I, Australia because I say, uh, I say Seattle. Uh, because that's where a lot of the game industry is. Oh, uh, yeah. Or LA. So, like, that would make sense. The Seattle area, and then they have that, like, LA coastal area of California. But I, I prefer Seattle, because that's where a lot of Nintendo and mm. some Sony stuff, Ubisoft. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, so uh, the goal would be to uh, set up a studio and uh, to... Just to be um, more seriously involved with this, um, we'll have some news uh, in the future. We'll discuss about that, I think, in the Interactive Artistry podcast. Um, yeah. But I, I really... <laughs> I'm not saying this because he probably is listening to us, but I do believe in Albert. Uh, he's a very motivated guy. He's a very... Um, he's a dreamer. He's set on and, his own. Yeah. And people like him usually succeed. Yeah. So yeah. we're here and to support like him. People, people very, very much like him, and I feel like he, he has an idea, and he knows what that idea is, and he's running with it. You know, mm-hmm. he's working yeah. very hard to, to make this dream come true. And he, he's like, you know, he's said that he's always like games, and he's grown up with them, and he wants to further a medium, which is kind of mm-hmm. why I joined. You know. I didn't just join just this podcast, but the whole network of podcasts because I believe yeah. in his mission. You know, 
commission to further games to help people understand games aren't just games but for personal uh where do i personally want that sort of head um really want to get us to a concise point where we can get in and get out you know an hour long no dilly dallying you know we just go in we talk about our stranding then we we're, we're out we don't have any die conversations or anything you know where, mm-hmm. we, where we're just very professional um and not to the point where we're just like npr where we're just you know very you know just boring you know but just focused focusing on the podcast um for the whole network i'm hoping to do more produce content with it and not just podcast mm-hmm. uh, you know um i asked uh because i have i have hold of the twitter now for death stranding and interactive artistry mm-hmm. and people said they would be interested in seeing more produced content on um, more like game design and storytelling and things like that so mm-hmm. right now we're in the works of discussing what that would be like to have more produced content uh and more video content on here that isn't you know a podcast maybe something maybe 20 minutes long or five minutes long mm-hmm. help uh keep it new so my 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 uh eventually end all for the podcast is basically we have the podcast, each an hour long, very concise, very jam-packed with information, very, you know, people can enjoy it, and they don't have to feel pressured into listening to all of it, you know? They can just jump in and jump out whenever they feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Setting up a studio and having uh, produce more content that isn't podcasts to help further games and understand what they are and what they're I feel like that's the last question. All the other stuff is about lights on approach. We already discussed that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have a uh, uh, Debring three two nine asking about Timefall. Yeah. The trailer, and they're asking if that's Ryan um, from Lorar. Doesn't we had to know that it's Kyle Card. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, uh, I believe. He he is uh, a Japanese actor. Um, he he I think he was born. I think American I think actor. he's um I think I think he's American, but he moved to Japan because there is a constant uh, there's a there's a bit of a request for uh, American actors in Japan. Mm-hmm. So some uh, there are some actors who live there just to work on. Japanese things. Yeah, well, I've, and, but he's also worked in uh, games in the past. He's worked on, uh, I think, his most recent title was Evil Within were, Two. Evil Within Two. I'm not sure what his role was in that, um, mm. but it would be very interesting. I'm not sure if he is going to have a major role in the film. I mean, not the film in the game. I hope but so. I, I I really haven't seen him act at all. And mm. so, I'm not sure if he's, you know, I'm not trying to say he's a bad or anything. I just haven't seen him work. But from what his face animations were and the way he expressed 
without really speaking a lot was I was very impressed and I can't wait to see what he works with in the game even if he has a small role from what I've seen mm -hmm. from him he looks very interesting I feel like he's gonna have a big, a big role in the first prologue part of the game at least mm -hmm. as, as we all see he's kind of no longer with us after the third trailer so uh, I feel unless like, you can change things by playing <laughs> I don't think so yeah me neither <laughs> Yeah, he's not credited. He's not credited in the in the um yeah, he's not credited in uh evil within it just says he's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he might just be additional voices. Or I don't know, maybe someone just added him to that, maybe he was in it. I don't know. Mm. But uh uh, I'm very interested in seeing what he does in it. You know, be very interesting to talk to him about the about his uh, involvement with Kojima and his work in the industry. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, but I think that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do the sign off. It was a uh, yeah, it was a longer episode than expected, but better this way. Right. Um, yeah, well. Okay, everyone. You can find us on almost all media platforms. Interactive Artistry on Facebook and Interactive Artistry on YouTube. As a closing note, I'd like to remind everyone that we are more than happy to take any feedback because we want to make it as best as we can. If you want to go the extra mile and support us on Patreon, by all means, start with a dial a month. No pressure. Uh, you can find those links at patreon.com forward slash interactive artistry. Remember to tell your parents, siblings, lovers, and pets to look out for us each week for a new episode. Take care, everyone, and remember, the game has already begun.